Hello and welcome to episode 18 of The Wind Thieved Hat. Now it's often said that you shouldn't meet your heroes, so it was with a degree of trepidation that I went down to Brighton one rainy day in January to meet Henry Normal. Henry's name always used to pop up on the credits of some of my favourite TV shows. Paul Cast, Video Diaries, Mrs Merton, The Royal Family, The Mighty Boosh, I could go on. But I needn't have worried about meeting him. Henry is a super lovely man and his creative endeavours extend even beyond those TV classics. He's a poet and he's a writer and he's someone who thinks a lot about creativity, the world and our place in it. Our conversation begins with his early life in the slums of Nottingham. He tells me how Jack Benny and Dean Martin got him thinking about a life beyond the narrow streets of St Anne's. He tells me what it was like to write with Steve Coogan and Carolina Hearn. And there are some great stories about the making of Mrs Merton and the royal family. And we talk about Henry's son, Johnny, and how he inspired Henry to return to poetry after a break of 20 years. I tried really hard to get this conversation down to under an hour, I really did, but there was just too much good stuff to let go. There's laughter and there's tears. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Henry Normal. Uh, so uh, thanks very much, Henry, for agreeing to take part. Pleasure. So it's, far. It is, uh, so far, so good. <laughs> Touch wood. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really pleased to um, have you uh, on the Wind Thieved Hat. Not least because I still find myself quoting lines from Paul and Pauline Cast's video diaries. The, when I go to a rubbish performance, yeah. they come out and say to my wife, I'd rather see Dave Lee Travis play Macbeth. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it's funny. And uh, mentioning to a few of my mates that I was coming down to do this, yeah. people who are of a similar vintage to me, they seem to have lines um, yeah. embedded in their psyche too. Yes, I, I used to get um, uh, recognised as Darren, uh, um, at, uh, you know, for a few years. Yes. I don't know, yeah. I'm glad to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Marble was in it as well. I watched it the other day. Uh, uh, yes, and, uh, and uh, co-wrote it. So uh, I, I wanted to just begin at the beginning. It seemed like a, a good place to yeah. start, and, and and with your early life, growing up in, okay. in, in in Nottingham, was it was it a, was it a creative life as a kid? Uh, Can you tell me a bit about that? My first uh, memory goes back to um, we were born in Saint Anne's, uh, and um, which is a slum district, uh, and um, I worked with Stephen Frears uh, on Philomena. And he was living in St Anne's around the time that I was a kid, and obviously he's a bit older than me. Uh, and in 1969, he made a documentary, which you can see on YouTube, called St Anne's. And um, if you look at it, uh, it you know, you've got to remember that we've just come through the 1960s. So we, we've come through all, all the footage you see of Carnaby Street and all the parties and all the great suits and everything. When you look at St Anne's, it looks like the 1930s at best. And it looks like uh, Bosnia, uh, you know, the height of the war. Right. Uh, and everything's uh, unmade, uh, um, is, everything's damp and, uh, you know, dowdy. And uh, it's, it's quite shocking to right. see that we were months away from 1970. Uh, they knocked the the sentence down in the early seventies. Um, my my memories of it were 
that um, despite how grim it was, people would take pride in it. So everybody would scrub the step, which nobody does nowadays. No. And, and you know, so, so you, you, you would think back and think these were unclean people. But they're scrubbing the bleeding stuff. This is outside. Right. <laughs> and then inside, you would have this weird thing that you would have a room that you never went in. So you'd have a living room where you'd put all your best things uh, and you'd uh, uh, put doilies down so, you know, you didn't get rings on anything. And you would every well, once a week, you, you would uh, uh, get your brasso out and you'd sort out your brass and everything. Right. So this was like a shrine to uh, uh, aspiration. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. you'd have that, and, and you wouldn't lock your door. And, and so a burglar could come in over your nice clean step, through your open door, <laughs> and nick all your stuff that you've just shined up. And, and, and that, you wouldn't that, notice because you'd be in the other room. You wouldn't notice because you'd be in the other room <laughs> yeah. uh, watching a 12-inch telly. <laughs> uh, um, and so it, it was a, it, it's, it's like a lot of things. It's, it's, not, it's not simple. Yeah. There's a lot going on. So, so we lived in a, a back-to-back housing where we had a a, a, a toilet outside, uh, um, you know. There's a, a, so I've got a brother and three sisters, uh, um, and uh, my dad worked at Rally at the time. Um, so my grounding from from those days um, was is very much of that you would mend things, you would make do, you would make things last. It was it was very much of. Um, uh, sort of austerity before we austerity as a word became popular. Thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it was, but that was just the state of life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, now my first actual memory that I can say to you is is uh, definitely my memory is because um, plastic was very new at the time. Okay. Plastic toys were very new at the time. Yeah. And I had a red fire engine uh, for my fourth birthday. Uh, and it was red fire engine with yellow ladders. Uh, and I remember, uh, sounds a little bit autistic, so I, I am a little bit autistic, uh, um, just going on the, the windowsill outside, moving it backwards and forwards. Uh, and, uh, and that's a vivid, vivid image that I have. But the weird thing about memory is that whenever I'm thinking about this image, I'm looking like a camera from the outside at it. Okay. As opposed to looking through my eyes yeah. of me at the time. Right. And that's strange. It is strange. Yeah. Yeah. You're sort of looking on it yourself. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I think we do this with photos, don't we? If you see a photo of yourself, yes. you, you then remember the place, but you remember yeah. it from the point of view of the photo. Exactly. Now, yeah. I haven't got a photo of this, yeah. but I, it's a definite memory. Okay. Okay. And as a, as, a, as a boy growing up in St. Anne's, were you... Did you have an inclination towards books or, or poems? No, no, or? I, I was very uh, um, gregarious at the time. And, uh, um, you know, uh, back then, um, you know, there, there was very much uh, about physically doing things. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, playing in the woods, building bonfires, uh, you know, all that. I mean, we played down in bombed out buildings. Because uh, there were still bombed out buildings uh, in St Anne's. And um, I remember finding a gas mask once. Right, so this would be, uh, if, if I was four, that would be, I was born in 56, that would be 1960. Yeah. Uh, a gas mask had been there since 1945, right? And I breathed in. What an idiot. <laughs> 
So I had uh, pneumonia uh, uh, and nearly died when I was Jesus a kid, Christ. and I'm still quite weak in the chest now okay. from 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 that. Right. So it was it was quite. Uh, you, you might you might think it was deprived, uh, uh, yeah. or it was it was um, uh, basic in some way. But strangely enough, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it it's a good uh, tangible grounding for for later on, and and I'm still very uh, practical and very um, down to earth. Yeah. Because of the the fact you you you've got nothing to be cocky about, and you've got nothing to be um, ashamed of because everybody else was in the same place. It it just was, and I think it's a very Nottingham thing. A matter of fact. Yeah. When when in Nottingham you'd say a up to people. Right. A up really means, I know who you are. You know who I am. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, let, let's not put on any, any ears and graces. Yeah. Right. And and uh, I love that. It's just a yeah. shorthand for, yes. for that. Yeah. And and so I think there's a definite attitude that that I you know of of getting on with it that yeah. I was I was brought up with. And a very strong sense of community. I imagine uh, th- there was, but the weird thing is that when they knocked it down and they moved everybody to council estates, they didn't move everybody to the same council estates. So you ended up all these people up and down the road you called auntie and uncle. Yeah. Uh, who weren't your auntie and uncle, but you called them that. Yeah. Uh, you didn't see them. Now um, we we had a um, a lace factory at the bottom of the street, so all the women up and down the street would um, be. Uh, edging lace so they sit there and they're tall like you and I are talking but their hands would be furiously okay. sorting out this lace and, yeah. and they start with it on the left hand side a big bile of it and then they'd be put on the on the right hand side uh, uh, and then you'd make a bit of extra money uh, doing not a lot but you'd make a bit of extra money to this so basically all the women knew each other because they all sat around together you know I mean you could have uh, uh, six seven in a room yeah edging right and my mum did that okay a social network before social network. Do you know? Yes, yeah, a web. <laughs> a web. A web yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I do remember from from them that uh, that the factory, um, as we moved into the sixties, uh, uh, that they had to uh, the the soot from the factory was going over all the washing, so they had to build the chimney up. And there's right. pictures of of this uh, factory. They build the chimney up about uh, eight foot. So it went over next door's uh, uh, washing. <laughs> so instead of coming over Seymour Street, yeah. it went over Stora Street. <laughs> so you, you had this, you had this childhood grown up in in, in St Anne's, and uh, and well, uh, St Anne's, and then uh, Bilborough Council Estate. Bilborough yeah. Council Estate, but then um, you lost your mum when you were just eleven. Eleven, a car crash. She had a car crash early in the morning uh, um, uh, with my dad, uh, um, and. Uh, uh, he never really recovered from it, and he, he never slept in a bed for about. Uh, he wouldn't sleep in their bed. He never slept in bed for uh, about seven years. Really? Uh, he would sleep downstairs. Um, so uh, I was eleven. Uh, uh, I got an older sister and older brother and two younger sisters. So we sort of t- took care of ourselves because my dad was working seven days a week. So he worked for the rally. He'd work two o'clock yeah. uh, till two o'clock on Saturday from six o'clock in the morning until two o'clock uh, until twelve o'clock on on Sunday. Okay. So um, I think in a way he he knew what he was doing at work. Yeah. Whereas when he got um, okay. he got to look after five kids. Right. 
So it's a bit of a sanctuary for him. At, I at think. The I, th- I think. I think so. Yeah. What, what did he do at the factory? Uh, it was. I mean, uh, he, he was uh, works convener at one time, okay. which uh, is a trade union uh, thing, and he was into uh, AEU. It was called at the right. time, Amalgamated uh, uh, Engineering Union. Uh, um, but he was essentially a maintenance mechanic, yeah. uh, and but I think he was one of the top maintenance mechanics. So if if any of the machines broke down, and at the time. Rally was about the size of five football pitches, the, the actual buildings. Wow. Uh, uh, and and he said, um, if you watch the film Saturday Night Sunday Morning, yes, that when he retired, they had the same machines. They never changed the machines. And of course, what happened was it it, it became an assembly plant, and they took all the the manufacturing abroad. Uh, and it's now, if you look where Rally was now, it's just housing. The, right. the, the, there's nothing there. Um, but I, I was uh, I was set to go to rally, uh, and my brother went to rally. So yeah. you know that was the thought. And one of the earliest uh, books uh, uh, I remember, of course, uh, um, that you'll sort of all, all, everybody reads in Nottingham, is Saturday Night Sunday Morning. Yes. Uh, and loneliness of the long distance runner. It's a very short bit at the end where he stops running. This um, few lines has stayed with me for 50 years uh, and um, basically uh, the the image is that rather than win on other people's terms he'll lose on his own terms so even now talking to you that affects me yeah. it's a very a very um, powerful yeah uh, image and I, so I loved Alan Silito for, yeah. for for that and there's some great images uh, in uh, in um, Saturday night Sunday morning and did, did, sorry to interrupt yeah. but did, did that uh, and that that statement which is yeah. about playing the game in your own way I suppose yes. is, is, that, is that did did that embed in your brain and uh, well yeah absolutely yeah so I've been I've been walking to the finish line ever since <laughs> right. uh, and you know there are times aren't there when when uh, you have to make decisions. And, and to lose on your own terms is a good decision sometimes. Yes. I, I wish I'd have made that decision more often. Yeah. But uh, um, it's always a good decision, I think. Um, there's, a, there's a line in uh, Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, towards the end, where um, he throws a stone uh, at... Um, the, the Arthur Seaton throws a stone at uh, uh, this new housing. Uh, and... Um, uh, his uh, fiance says, uh, "Don't throw, uh, don't throw at those houses. Uh, we we could live in one of those." And he says, um, "It won't be the last stone I'll throw. If you can write a, a line like that, that's brilliant." Yeah. So that stayed with me. Yeah. So, and it's that defiance of spirit. But it's also that thing where um, that's obviously a, a destructive act, an act of rebellion yeah. against everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there, there is a um, uh, there is a sort of commitment to truth there, isn't there, to yeah. your own truth? And yeah, and and a sort of an acknowledgement of uh, the fact that. Um, things are complicated. You know, the, there's, you know, the, the, 
he, he could have chose uh, uh, to run and, and, and win and, and kept his head down and, and yeah. uh, Arthur Seaton could have not thrown Another the stone, stone. And, and had that attitude yeah but you know the 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 internal world uh, and the external world are both complicated yes yeah, and I I love that I lo- I love both of those. I actually when I I set up the Manchester uh, Poetry Festival, I actually got Alan Silito to come to the Manchester Poetry Festival and paid him I think three hundred pounds to to read uh, um, and put myself on the same bill so that I could meet him. Right. Uh, uh, so I basically paid him three hundred pounds to meet him. And <laughs> right. what the lovely thing was, he got to the Poetry Festival and he read a short story. And I love the belligerence, <laughs> the fact yeah. that, that he wasn't going to be reading poetry yeah, yeah, if he didn't yeah, want to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He was staying true to himself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Just going back to, to, to when you were a kid then, um, I did read somewhere that the that losing your mum led you to sort of a bit of a shift in perspective. It, well, it I, was, I, so I was very practical and very gregarious be, yeah. before then. So, you know, I'd be playing football and I'd be uh, um, just uh, generally sort of uh, playing out and, and enjoying myself. Um, whereas I became very introvert uh, after that. And so I started reading books and... Um, and studying more. So, so, uh, so before uh, uh, my mum died, when I was in the first year of the uh, seniors, uh, uh, I was the third last in the class uh, because I was just messing around. Yeah. Uh, um, whereas um, once I uh, started reading books and got me, then I, I got the best results in my year. Uh, although it was a dreadful school, I mean, one of the teachers actually got sacked for falling asleep. And, and and I mean there were some great teachers. There was a, a great English teacher called uh, um, uh, Peter Inskeep, who uh, um, I've written to uh, uh, recently and, uh, and thanked. Peter Inskeep did a thing that taught me more than anything else at school. So um, I was in his lesson once, and he said, "Why haven't you done your own work?" And about thirty other kids in this class, and I said uh, I didn't have time because I was I was uh, uh, tidying the house up and washing. I, and he said, that's ridiculous. You, 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 um, you should bring your own work in. Uh, and, and then he obviously spoke to some of the teachers and, and realised that, uh, that, that uh, our mum was dead. And um, the next day, I was in maths, and he got me out of uh, maths. He, he said, okay, can I have a word? And he took me to the corridor. And there's me, um, 12 years old, maybe uh, um, just going on for 12. And, um, and he's a grown man uh, and quite strict in, in his demeanour and everything. And he apologised to me. Wow. Very affected because... Sure. What it did was it made me want to earn that apology and earn the dignity that it was giving me. Right. What I've found is every creative person that I've ever met, and I've met a lot of creative uh, uh, people uh, when I I ran uh, a company, some point during their 
childhood or their adolescence, um, they've had a, an incident that's put them slightly outside. Uh, and and what they've, what's happened is, like I think for me it was uh, my mum died, is that you stop being at the centre of things and you start being on the side and trying to understand how things work and mm-hmm. you're trying to understand how systems work, you're trying to understand how uh, uh, consequences work, you're trying to understand patterns mm-hmm. of the universe and mm-hmm. patterns of social behaviour. And, and I think every every creative that I've ever come across has got this thing. So when you see Glastonbury and you see all these people jumping up and down inside Glastonbury, no writers in the middle of that. The writers are all at the side Looking trying on. to understand what's yeah. going on. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and the, the it sounds like there was a fairly well-trodden path from where you lived into the rally factory. How come you managed to step off this path and end up working in television? That's quite... Well, I, 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 my, my grades were good enough that I could do A-levels uh, and... Um, uh, my dad very kindly said uh, that it was all right for me to do two years uh, doing doing A levels, um, even though we needed the money because uh, five kids and uh, yeah. uh, and one parent. Um, and uh, so I, I met a lot of very interesting people uh, uh, at uh, college, and obviously um, who are still friends uh, uh, now. Uh, and um, and uh, it widened my my horizons a bit uh, and uh, made me a bit more ambitious. So I, I had a lot of uh, good vibes from doing that. But I realised that um, if I went to university, I, I was going to be in the same position of, of uh, um, not being uh, as well educated as, as most people. Uh, and we needed the money, so um, I thought I'll get a job. And the 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 chap uh, at the careers office said to me, um, it's either banking or insurance for you, lad. Uh, he thought I, I, you know, I, was, I, I was clever enough not to get a rally, as it were. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, I thought banking, essentially, you're dealing with numbers. and yeah. uh, Basically, there's 10 numbers that, that you rearrange into, <laughs> into different... Uh, so I thought I'll, I'll give uh, insurance. Insurance struck me as it's quite a, a worthy thing if you think about the basic idea of insurance in that what you're doing is you're making it safe for people to have an adventure. Mm-hmm. It, it was, um, you know, at its basic level, it was uh, interesting. And I quite liked, because I'd got a centre part in and ringlets at the time, so I, I was a sort of a... a Hard to a, imagine a, now. Yeah, 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 well, well yes. <laughs> uh, I, it was um, days of progressive rock. Okay, whatever. yes. Uh, and uh, and I, I sort of, I liked the, um, I, I liked the idea that the... the the office was a very staid place. I mean, it was a very old-fashioned... Uh, I mean, you, you had to wear a, a suit okay. uh, uh, and, uh, you know, a waistcoat and a tie. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, and even in the midsummer, you couldn't unbutton really? anything. Uh, and I remember when I started, I only had one suit, which was a purple suit I'd bought from my dad's wedding. It's a little bit uh. shiny, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, and, and so uh, I, I'd wear this suit, but... But because I was going on a 60 bus yeah. uh, uh, from a council estate, I didn't want people to see me suit. Of course, so yeah. I'd wear like a parka over it. Right. Uh, and, and my dad would make me sandwiches in my haversack. So I'd have an haversack and a parka yeah. and this purple suit on. And then I, I, and I'd feel sort of over, you know, uh, um, overdressed. Yes. 
and, and then I'd get to the office and I'd take my parker off and I'd put it like at the back of the coat so nobody could see it and make me have a sack I'd, I'd take my sandwiches out uh, and um, and then I'd feel underdressed because my suit wasn't as good as everybody else's so okay. I, I was in these this, these two worlds yes. uh, at that time so from the age of 14 I started writing poetry okay uh, um, and and being in this sort of uh, conscious of these two worlds uh, you know I, I would write poetry uh, um, you know into my um, uh, late teens and twenties and, and found it a, a, a great sort of way of um, uh, expressing myself and 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 living in a world that's bigger than than I had. I, I had okay. quite a small world. If I, if, you, if you think of um, uh, books like uh, um, Keep the Aspidistra Flying, yeah. where uh, he lives in this small world and he's got yeah. these uh, uh, ideas, but and he doesn't want to get a proper job because then he's like everybody else. Yeah. I, I got that sort of thing, you know, the sort of Billy Liar thing, the, 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 old, the old idea of... Uh, the world in my head was better than... The, the Nottingham in, in the 1970s. Um, there, there was a chap came from uh, Australia called uh, um, uh, Bruce, strangely enough. Uh, uh, um, and um, he wore sunglasses even inside. Okay. And he had an optimism to him. Okay. And, and he stood out. Right. And I love him. Yeah. Even to today. I, okay. I've not seen him uh, okay. since I was 20. Okay. But I love him because he, his world was bigger. Okay. And he was the first man I ever saw play with his child right because all the men uh, of the the, uh, uh, all the dads that I knew on the council estate and everything none of the dads played with the kids mm. and there he was this this younger modern man uh, uh, you know with uh, uh, a good suit tan uh, uh, um, sunglasses you know uh, and, and was, he was, a, he, he was he was the bright new future that you might see in a in a sort of a, a, um, a, a an ad in 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 admin. You <laughs> yes. know, if you watch the uh, okay. the, the yeah, program, admin. he got that about. But there he was in Nottingham, in uh, dull, dingy uh, Nottingham. Wow, exotic. Uh, it, it, you know, I I, 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 even now I love him to bits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, it's it's interesting though. See, so you you had this sort of that there was a kind of another world that you were well, occupying. I tell you what it was. I, so I, I was a big fan of the Marx Brothers. Right. I'm a big fan of Jack Benny, uh, and uh, I don't know whether. You, uh, and so that that sort of New York Jewish uh, um, uh, humour, which is very uh, um, sort of quick and uh, um, sharp, and yes, I, I loved it to bits, and okay. it would make me really laugh. Okay. Uh, and um, and there's something about Jack Benny as well. He's such a nice man. And it always pretending that he, you know, he, he was he was tight and and everything. Yeah, he was. And I don't know whether you know, he was asked to be one of the Marx Brothers. I didn't know. Even that. though he wasn't one of the brothers, they they got on that well. And so that sense of community. Yeah. I loved that. And I, 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 I sort right. of I thought, thought that, that's that's yeah. the world I want. And I remember seeing Jack Benny on the Dean Martin show. Okay. Right, and Dean Martin, this was black and white. This was uh, so there I was. You've got to imagine I'm about fourteen uh, years old. Uh, 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 we've got very little money. I'm wearing hand-me-down clothes for my sister. Uh, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm wearing socks for about three three days because I've got to wash them myself. Uh, um, you know, uh, I, I'm. I, it's we're we're a bit tatty. Let's put that around. Okay. And I'm watching uh, um, 
this uh, program and they're both in tuxedos so uh, D Martin's on the phone uh, and um, in this particular scene and uh, Jack Benny comes in he's in his tuxedo he comes in and he nods towards D Martin D Martin nods towards him and uh, and he realizes on the phone so he goes around and he doesn't sit on the sofa he lies on the floor gets out some dice and starts playing dice on the floor. Now, I'd never seen an adult person do anything stupid like that. Okay. Do you know, as yeah. silly as it were. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I looked at it and I thought, that's the world I want to be in. Okay. There, there was something about this this world where yeah. there was, it was glamorous, but it was glamorous without being cocky. Yeah. You know, he was, he was on the floor playing dice yeah. for his own fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I loved it to me. So, so, so I, ca- I carried that. I carried yeah. that in my head. So, so when later on, when I was uh, doing uh, poetry gigs and comedy gigs up and down the country, and I was in um, uh, Aberdeen or I was in uh, um, uh, you know Aberystwyth or wherever, in my head, I was with uh, Dean Martin and, and uh, you know I see yeah. uh, Jack Benny. Yeah. So these 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 little. Sort of cultural moments embedded in your head and yeah. gave you a sense of something beyond that. that well, I, I, think, I think they do, don't they? You, you take you take uh, um, uh, something from you. Don't, you don't remember the old thing, but you take a, an image, uh, and this is what's lovely about poetry because it, mm. it's very short images. Mm. You, you take an image and 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 uh, you decide what that image means for you. Uh, and then that can stay with you for life. So uh, a lot of these uh, images from uh, growing up mm. inform what I do now. Yeah. So if I if if ever you see me on stage now in my head, I'm Jack Benny. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm nothing like him. Well, it, but in my head, I am. Well, it, well it's funny because uh, when you were saying that, I was thinking, having listened to some of your Radio Four shows, yeah. that there are some very well worked one liners in there. Oh, yeah, uh, I love one liners. Yeah, 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 beautifully. Crafted, yeah. that, I, that may, all makes sense now. Yeah. All makes sense. So, a, a lot of people um, uh, will know you for your TV work. Yeah. Uh, for, well, the royal family being one of the yeah. most famous things. So, how, how did you um, t- tell me about how your, you you made that progression into television? How did that begin? Well, well, uh, so I'd I'd I'd, um, I'd start off writing poetry, uh, and and I'd to be honest with you, I'd written every type of. Uh, uh, so I've written radio scripts, uh, TV scripts, uh, cartoons. Even though I can't draw, I draw stick drawings with with bubbles and stuff like that. Uh, I'd written um, a novel, uh, right? Which uh, hand on heart, this is true, was about a museum that comes to life at night. No way! I didn't keep it. You didn't keep I it. I choked it. Oh man! I could have sued him. Yeah, yeah, you could, could have been rich. You could, you could. Even, even bigger house. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I tried everything. Okay. Uh, and what I, what I uh, found that, um, uh, and what I did was, I used to send stuff out. I got the writers and artists yearbook, yeah. and I'd send stuff out, and I knew it was going to come back. So I'd write the envelope to the next place I was going to send it to. <laughs> so as soon as it came through the door, I stick it in the envelope, and I'd send it off again. Because whilst it was out there, yeah. I had hope. Yes. And if it was in my drawer, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. So I was very practical in, yes. in that sense. But I would write every day. and Because uh, I, basically I gave up uh, uh, being an insurance broker. Okay. And I went to live with my sister. Okay. And I'll tell you what, why I gave it up. I watched uh, the film Animal House. Right. I was watching Animal House. And um, 
I thought, these people are about the same age as me. And they're all having fun. And, and I'm working in an insurance place. I was in Hull at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I lived down the road from, from Philip Larkin, although uh, um, I think he left by then, but for, from his house. Uh, and, um, and, and I didn't know anybody in Hull. Uh, and I was working, and I'd, I'd got uh, um, uh, all my furniture, and uh, you know, all, all, everything I needed. And I, I was sort of, I was, I was early twenties, but I was sort of fifty-five. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I like like it like that. I was set for life. Yeah. And I thought this this is this is these people yeah. are having fun. Why okay. Yeah. And of course, the um, uh, punk happened, and scar happened, and okay. and there, there was um, that uh, great song, uh, "Too Much Too Young." Yes. And and so I just I just I, I, when I watched that film the next day I walked in, and and I gave me notice in really uh, and I cashed in my pension so I yeah. got a, a little bit of money and and uh, I went to live with my sister and then I just just wrote and so where, where was, you, was your sister back sister in Nottingham in Nottingham yeah okay. Castle, Castle Boulevard Nottingham uh, just down the road from the uh, um, the the place where you got the doll so that was that okay, was quite that handy, handy. Yeah. Uh, but then I went on the enterprise allowance scheme yeah. Uh, which Thatcher didn't realise that every writer in the country oh, was going right. to go on the enterprise allowance. Scheme. We, we we owe a lot to that, don't yeah. we? Culturally, and I, I got I got a uh, the only letter I've ever got from my dad. Right, it was a beautiful handwriting, my dad, and uh, yeah. Parker pen, and uh, uh, um, the only letter I ever got from him was, um, dear uh, Pete, that's my real name, uh, um, uh, check enclosed five hundred pounds, dad. That's it. So only letter I got from him. And basically, to get on the Enterprise Allowance Scheme, you needed £500 in the bank. So he lent me £500 for a week. I put it in, Yeah. got the, on the Enterprise Allowance Scheme, yeah. sent, it it, it sent it in back. Uh, um, and um, uh, so I went on that. I, I went on twice because you could, as long as you change your job, you could, yeah. you could go on again. So I think I was a, a writer and then a comedian. Okay. That's interesting. Just to see, so your dad was backing you there. Your, your, your... He wanted me to have a proper job, but yeah. you know, he knew I knew I was going to do it. So, okay. so okay. He, he backed me. It's yeah. quite funny when I, you know, when I started making some money writing Mrs. Merton and everything, yeah. he realised it was a proper job. Okay. Did he at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. But I, I struggled for, you know, a good 10 years yeah. uh, um, to, to make money. I, I couldn't have had, uh, you know, a. a, a a, a family uh, yeah. in in the early days. Yeah. So um, uh, so I, so I, what I did was I saw John Cooper Clark uh, um, reading off bits of paper yeah. at the lead mill, and right. I'd seen Roger McGough uh, okay. in Nottingham, and I thought, oh, well, I can read off bits of paper. Yeah. So and I've got the courage to do it, yeah. you know, and, and I'm re- I've, I've got I've got many bits of paper with scribble <laughs> on them. Yeah. Uh, so so I started uh, um, doing uh, gigs with like pulp. Uh, uh, the band because I lived in yeah. Chesterfield at the time, uh, um, and uh, uh, and a lot of the Sheffield bands uh, and the Chesterfield bands, uh, um, and then basically anywhere that would have me, I, I would stand up. So I'd do one week it'd be Stockport uh, Town Hall, and there would be Can Can dancers. Then the, the next week uh, I'd be with Linda Smith in Sheffield, and we'd be on a um, uh, uh, a mattress on the floor. Uh, um, stood on stood on it, uh, uh, and the person that was on before us was reading Winnie the Pooh, and and, and there's just any anywhere that there was a space to perform. Yeah, I just performed, and then I went to Edinburgh, uh, which is where a lot of people are discovered, and where yeah. we we discovered the Bush later on, uh, um, uh, and uh, every year we'd go we'd go to Edinburgh. So uh, the, my first year in Edinburgh, I was given a television program 
called, uh, uh, well, they, they came to me and they said, uh, we'd like to do a television programme with you. Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, what, what, what is it? Yeah. Uh, and they said, we, we have no idea. What do you want to do? <laughs> so uh, I, I said, well, let's do the Muppets. But with me uh, as Kermit, and we do it, because nobody's done it as a, a live Okay. Live thing, right? Yeah. And they won't know. <laughs> time we've So, uh, as a, me as Kermit, yeah. uh, I wanted Frank uh, Skinner as the Gonzo sort of fuzzy beer okay. sort of uh, hybrid. Uh, I see. Uh, um, and uh, and I, I wanted Linda Smith, uh, uh, who was a mate of mine, yeah. to be the Miss Piggy sort of thing. <laughs> but the producers said no; she, she's not animated enough. We we need somebody. So they got Jenny Eclair, okay. who, who turned out to be brilliant. I didn't yes. know Jenny, but she, certainly she, animated. She, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. was brilliant. Uh, and um, and so the the three of us. It was originally called uh, Normal Services, uh, um, and then uh, because I'm into community spirit, I I, I said no, let's let's call it something with all of us. So we called it Pack to Three, right? Because the three of us. Yeah. Uh, and and that was on Channel Four. We got three point four million viewers, which people would kill for these days. Bloody hell! Uh, uh, three point four million viewers. And uh, I sang, which I can't. I, I I'm not musical at all, so I sang, and uh, uh, played kazoo. Uh, uh, um, and so, uh, essentially, they let me do uh, any, anything I wanted. But uh, um, I, I was I was disappointed with my performance okay. in, in it. I, I thought I came across as a sort of a, a very bad version of um, uh, Bernie Winters. Now I, I, I'm actually doing Bernie Winters a disservice here. Probably a bad version of Snorbits. Okay, I remember Bernie no, no, Winters. I'm, I'm going to go worse than that. I'm going to worse yeah. than a bad version of Mike Winters, who, who was who was the unfunniest of the right. Of the okay. Three. Uh, okay. I tell you what it was. I'm quite a friendly person. Yeah. And I think at the time the attitude was not to be friendly. We got uh, Vic and Bob were on, and they yeah. were being you know surreal and, yeah. and, and whimsical, uh, and and there was a sort of a, a lot of uh, left wing comedians being quite sort of uh, uh, um, acerbic and, and whatever. So me going on being cheerful was a little bit like you know Arthur Ashby. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of kilter uh, with the times. Uh, yeah. And, and so I wasn't I wasn't happy. And the thing about television uh, uh, is um, as you know it's a collaborative thing uh, and so in terms of my creativity I would do I would do uh, long poems I would do serious poems I do long funny poems and I do short funny poems and I do jokes and all they wanted was the jokes and the short funny poems so there was a area of all the serious poems mm-hmm. an area of all the longer poems. Uh, funny poems that that I wasn't doing. So in terms of if you saw me live and then if you saw me on television, it was a different right, feeling okay, to it, yeah, yeah, different, yeah. different mix. So I didn't think I represented myself uh, uh, very well, um, and uh, uh, and so I I took a step back from right. performing on television, and I, I was asked by Caroline Hearn to write the Mrs Merton show with her, and asked by Steve at the same time to write uh, Paul and Pauline Calf uh, with him. And so basically I wrote for both of them. So weekends, night time, dinner time, I would, I would try to do two writing careers. I, I would be with Caroline right. writing, and then when I wasn't with Caroline, I'd be with Steve writing. Okay. And, and if you look at the time scale of all those programs that I did, you know, I, I did twice as much as a human could do yes. uh, uh, in 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 those times. So it was it was quite uh, full on. And 
Tell me a little bit about the writing process there, because as you said, you know, poetry is obviously by definition kind of a solo. It is, art. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and should and should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, because it's about uh, self-expression and uh, communicating with yourself. I always think, yeah, poetry you communicate with yourself, and then other people eavesdrop. Yes, which is quite nice. It's a nice way to think you about know, it. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, when you're doing a uh, television program. Um, you first off, you've got to remember that uh, you have a finite amount of time, uh, um, you know, usually about 28 minutes that you've got to get uh, the thing into, and you want it to start and end well. And basically, you want to cram as many jokes in there as possible whilst having a sense of style and integrity. And there's a thing that I, I've always thought about, which is it's a level of. Um, obviousness okay. so if you think about uh, when you first read um, Christmas cracker jokes when you're a kid you laugh uh, uh, because you've not heard them before and it's a little pun usually isn't it yeah uh, uh, and um, and then as you get older you can guess them so yes. so the level of obviousness is that yeah. so so I find something like Mrs. Brown's boys yeah. I, I can tell you what the next joke is yes because the level of obviousness of that, I mean, it's, it's very well done, but but it's at a level where, uh, you know, um, the, the you know the yeah. traditional jokes have been done in a in a right. traditional manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas what we were trying to do back uh, in the eighties and, and still now is to surprise people by doing things differently in the way that Monty Python had, uh, yeah. had found a way of surprising yeah. people. So so uh, with the Mrs. Burton show, there were four of us. There was uh, Dave Gorman. Uh, um, Craig Cash, uh, myself, and Caroline, and obviously it was an old woman character uh, um, uh, that was um, doing interviews. And Caroline herself was so funny that um, partly what we had to do uh, was to um, talk round it with her, okay. give her options. Okay. Uh, um, and and in some cases, although she got a great IQ, educator size, so she got I don't know 165 or something I IQ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she didn't know Hitler was dead. Right. So so with Hitler's dead. You know when we did a, like a you used to do a eat a debate <laughs> and we we'd do one on the war. She said, "Why would I know that?" I said, well, everybody knows that. But you go, I'm not interested in that. But, because if you think about it, we yeah. only know the facts of the things that we're interested yeah, absolutely, in. Absolutely, yeah, so, yeah. so very often when we did a heated debate or anything, that we, we would have to, you know... Uh, uh, fill her in. Fill her in with yeah. the, the basics yeah. in, in terms of uh, uh, what was needed for that particular yeah. debate. Yeah. Uh, and um, But it was great fun. Uh, um, uh, you know, obviously a, a bit of pressure uh, on there, uh, but um, and some of those lines are still are still quoted. I mean, there's the Paul Daniels oh, yeah, line yeah, yeah, still yeah. quoted today, isn't it? It is. Uh, now that's either Caroline's because she so she was very, or it, it it's got the structure of a Dave Gorman line because uh, Dave uh, uh, it, it was, when he first started off, Dave's lines were incredibly efficient. Uh, and it, uh, he actually appeared on Packet of Three, and you, you can watch him. And it is, it, there, there's no, there's not even a breath uh, uh, of waste in in his lines at all. And I, I think he changed. I, I, to, to do to do an hour in the style that he started off would have been very difficult. And he, he changed uh, his style to be more uh, conversational. 
uh, and it's obviously paid dividends because you know he's 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 become famous for um, uh, doing the stuff with uh, PowerPoint and yes. uh, and uh, uh, you know he's, he's developed well. But it's quite interesting if you have a look at his early lines that that um, that they were um, they were very Spartan, and and that's obviously a very efficient line. Yeah, lethally efficient. Yeah, right, lethally so. efficient. <laughs> so, 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 so you were saying about um, trying to do things a bit differently, you know, yeah. un- unpredictable. I suppose one of the things about the royal family yeah. uh, it, 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 it is it very very quickly was sort of went to the nation's hearts. Didn't no, it? no, it didn't very quickly. Did it so, not? No. No, so we we done uh, uh, I think three series, maybe three or four series of Mrs. Mert. I think we did four in the in the end. I think probably at the time we wrote uh, uh, the Royal Family originally, we'd done three. So we're in a powerful position in terms of uh, uh, doing television. We won lots of awards and everything, and they wanted something uh, else from from Caroline. Right. So Caroline uh, came in one day, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Dave. Gorman was off doing something else, uh, and she said um, to, to me and Craig, "You said uh, we want to write this thing called the Royal Family, uh, um, and it's just a family." And so, uh, so I'm sat there, uh, and we're at uh, a, the table's a bit bigger than this, about four times as big as this. And I said, "So, so, uh, um, what, what? Who are they? What are they?" He said, "Well, it's just just a normal uh, working class family." And I, I said, "So we've got a mum and a dad." Yeah, we've got mum and a dad. So, so uh, um, we we actually wrote it down within the first episode. We wrote, I think, within about two hours. Uh, um, and basically, uh, Caroline said, uh, well, she told me uh, um, uh, that she was going to play uh, 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 the daughter and that there'd be a son. So we had basically four characters right on the table to start off with yeah. uh, and then everything else uh, uh, so we had, we had these four characters so she said um, what does your dad say let's start with that right. so I think one of the very first lines in the is uh, uh, who's been phoning Aberdeen Right, because all our dads were very careful with money <laughs> and, and what we did was in that first uh, uh, episode is we really just all three of us just said uh, oh, my dad says this, and, and then my mum says that, okay. and then and then I say this. Okay. You know, so so all, all those things. So so like my dad would say, um, uh, uh, you know, are you um, are you in this room? Are you in that room? And I'd say, well, I, 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 I'm I'm in this room. And my dad would say, well, what's the light doing on in that room? <laughs> that sounds familiar. Right. So so uh, all the yeah. dads did these sort of yeah, things, yeah, didn't yeah, they? You yeah, know. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. And and uh, and so we just we just basically wrote this down. I see. And and there were no plot. Well, that, well that's no the thing plot. I was going to say. So it, so Car- yeah. Caroline uh, said, and she was very adamant to this that it was in real time. So if we made a cup of tea, it was the the time would be the length it takes to make a cup of tea, uh, and we would never go outside the house. Uh, and and even to the extent that Craig and I'd go, can we go in the kitchen? She go, no, we're staying in the living room. Right. Like, right. And we'd I go, all right. Oh, so yeah. what else do we do? Yeah. And you, you just so so the, the entire first episode was basically just conversation. Yeah. And then uh, um, we enjoyed that, and, we, uh, and then we wrote a second episode. So Andy Harris, uh, who's a great producer, 
uh, came in and uh, he said, uh, hello, darlings, hello, darlings, because that's how I used to speak to him. Okay. So come and give us a tickle. Yeah. Uh, so this, is a, this is what I learned executive producers are meant to do. Okay. Uh, come and give you a tickle. And, okay. and he'd say, uh, and he'd say uh, um, what are we doing? What are we doing? And, uh, uh, and we said, uh, well, we've written these two scripts. And we read him one of the scripts. Right. He never laughed once. Okay. I looked out the window, yeah. but to, to his credit, he said, is that what you want to do? And we, we said, yes. He said, okay. And he went and got us the money. Right. Like, never changed a word. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, um, we did a read-through with uh, um, more or less the cast that, uh, yeah. that you see. Uh, and, um, and the BBC came up and, and I looked at it. And, uh, and they said, uh, they said um, can he be a bit more friendly? You know, they don't seem to like each other. And we said, uh, they love each other. Not, it's not Dallas. Yeah. He's not going to be saying I love you all, yeah, all, all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and uh, we said, no, no, he's not, not being any friendlier. That, that, that's that's yeah. how it is. And they said, well, can we have a plot in the second episode? And we said, well, there's no plot in the first episode. <laughs> they said, well, there is, because they, they mentioned the... Um, uh, they, they mentioned the... Uh, the, the phone call twice. We said, that's not a plot. You know, it's a callback gag, yeah, but it's not. It's not a plot. Mm. See, they, they were trying to fix it into their idea. Yes, of into what, the formula, I suppose. Uh, what, the, uh, what, uh, what a sitcom was. Yes. Whereas we were trying to say, we want it to be a snapshot. Yes. Of uh, a, a true working class family. So, it took two years to get it on the screen. Okay. Right. Even though we didn't change anything. Okay. Right. So when it came to uh, uh, to filming it, we filmed it um, uh, the first day we got on the set. Uh, they got the set. Uh, if you remember the set, yeah. you, you basically got uh, a living room and a dining room. Yeah. And we said, so so where's the bit of wall that juts out? And they said, what, what are you talking about? And they said, well. They've, they've knocked through so there'd be a bit of wall that, that juts out that's yeah. in all those houses that's yeah. what there is yeah they went oh right so we had to put a, we, we didn't film the first day we okay. had to put a bit of wall in <laughs> and 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 where the door was yeah. they'd built it like uh fraser's uh, house you okay. know an american sitcom yeah, yeah. so you come in the door and you'd have a, like a little space and then you'd walk into the room okay so that people could uh, you know like have a clap when yeah. they came in yeah and we said what's that yeah and they said, well, we thought, they said, no, 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 no. Right. The door goes straight out yeah. to the road. There's no porch or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. This, this, is, this is back to again. So th we wanted it to be truthful, not made, you know, to, yeah. to accommodate yeah. sitcom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so what you saw was, uh, you know, was... Uh, um, now, the, the, fir the first time we filmed it, we filmed the first episode... Uh, with multi-camera and it was dreadful because it just didn't capture it it's nothing mm -hmm. to do with the uh, director it's nothing to do with the producer and yeah. it just just didn't capture it okay so uh, um, Caroline buried a copy of it in the garden she was that uh, mad at it uh, uh, um, I don't know precisely where it's there for posterity Um <laughs> We shot it again. We've got Mike Mylod, who's now uh, yeah. a big uh, American um, director, uh, to shoot some film. 
Uh -huh. So it wasn't on tape, it was on film. Yeah. And shoot it single camera. Okay. Uh, which gave it a totally different feel. Yeah. And and that's what you saw. Is that, that I suppose that's the thing about the um about the show was that was that we hadn't quite seen anything like it. You know, it didn't it didn't have the there was, there was no clapping. It didn't have that sitcom structure. No, well, well sitcoms uh, um, not not very much happened really. No, well sitcoms uh, traditionally uh, have a reset button, so you can watch uh, Hancock in any order. You can mm. watch uh, Dad's Army in any order. Right. Right. Uh, um, what came in uh, in the eighties was was more narrative, and what we did with the royal family is. We had um, what, which is done quite uh, a lot these days, is you have uh, that you can play more or less anything in the say in the in any order, apart from the last episode where uh, they get married, uh, uh, and uh, in the second series where they have the uh, baby and, and whatever, and that's become quite a thing now, where mm. whereby. Uh, probably the first and the last episode need to be the first and last episode, but but the middle episodes shuffle. You, you can you can shuffle around. Yeah. But some things you know are, are definitely done as total narratives now. You know, uh, yeah. uh, Mom, I, I, yeah. I really liked recently, and yeah. uh, um, you know, so so there's a sort of combination of the two. But uh, the, the the reset is um, it's very few done like that. Yeah. There are, but. Yeah, very few. So tell and tell me obviously uh, Caroline and uh, and Steve Coogan are these these are two very big names in in uh, you know British culture yeah. over the last quarter of a century. How 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 were they how were they to work with as individuals? Was it a different because you were writing for them both at the well, same you've got, time? You've got, you've got to remember that that um, we're we're starting off together um, doing twenty minutes in the middle of nowhere. So we're in a car. You get in a car uh, with Steve. You get in a car with Caroline. Sometimes Steve and Caroline and John Thompson and Frank Skinner and all these people. You're in a car. You drive to Aberdeen. It takes it takes a while. So you're there together. So yeah. you, you're getting on together. You're talking. You, and you've got to drive back. Yeah. Right. You get to a place like Aberdeen. You don't know anybody in Aberdeen. All you know is you're the person, and you've got to win on the stage. You've got to have a good night, and they've got to have a good night because yeah. you're going to be hours going back in the car and you don't <laughs> right. want nobody wants to be miserable right yeah. you want everybody happy yeah. so it's a bit like being in the trenches right so once you've done that and then you go into television it's the same you're in this you're, you're same again it's you in the trenches against uh, yeah. uh, uh, failure towards the end of mrs merton um we'd sort of done more or less every joke we could think of and i remember um we had uh, barry mcguigan and uh, boxer. Nigel Kennedy, yeah. And we'd had a boxer on before. We'd had you, Chris Eubank on okay. before, right? So we'd done all the boxing jokes. Yeah. You know, uh, um, uh, it, it, it was that one about uh, uh, um, to Chris Eubank. Uh, uh, what did you feel like when he came from behind and licked you in the ring? <laughs> That's the one that, uh, the, that he didn't answer for a good five minutes. It's quite funny actually. I asked Caroline afterwards, uh, uh, was, she af was she afraid of Chris Eubank? She said she found him sexy. Really? Because he looked her straight in the eye. Right, okay. Uh, uh, and uh, it, it was. Uh, that was right. That was a he lives around here, doesn't he? He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes. He used to, used to have a big uh, truck. Uh, I, I remember hearing about that. Drive yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, back to uh, Caroline. So, so there was a, a point when we got uh, uh, Barry McGuigan on, and and um, uh, and we done all, all the jokes that. Uh, and I remember we, at that time we were writing uh, in the South Bank, and we were taking the train up to Granada to um, to film. And Craig and I were sat there on the train with no script, 
and Caroline was asleep and we were going, what the hell are we going to do? Every joke that we'd uh, put forward, Caroline mm. said, well, we've done a version of that joke. Right. So, and, and, and so it got, it got uh, um, more and more difficult. So I do remember we, uh, we cobbled something together and uh, um, we, with a show uh, sort of gone, and um, Barry McGuigan was on, and um, Nigel Kendi came on, and Nigel Kendi said to Barry McGuigan, uh, I, um, I know your dad used to sing Danny Boy when you went on, uh, on, uh, on a fight, and I know he died recently. I'd like to play your Danny Boy. And you've got to remember all you've got all the uh, the old people all yeah. across that yeah. and 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 he played Danny Boy on the sofa with uh, Barry McGuigan, the old of Danny Boy, yeah. and uh, and uh, all the old people were in you know tears and everything, and it was a lovely moment, and Craig and I were just going, yes, <laughs> we have some material, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can fill right. we can fill the half right. hour, right, right, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, what a lovely moment! Yeah, it was great. out of nowhere as well. Yeah. Yes, and uh, that wasn't planned. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, it must have been a lot of fun then, because you had this sort of. There's a paralysis. It, it, it was fun, but there's pressure. A, there, there's a Peter Carroll yeah. selling insurance in Hull, and yeah, there's yeah, yeah. Henry Norman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a better thing to to work on, but uh, um, but uh, you, you know you you've got to remember that. Um, Although we, though it was it was great fun and, and exhilarating, uh, you, you, the the pressure, um, you know, um, causes anxiety sometimes. Yes. We yeah. went to uh, we went to uh, uh, Vegas uh, and right. we took the old people to Vegas and we did some shows out there. One of the shows we couldn't do because uh, um, I think it was Janet Jackson, so it, it remains on scene to this day. Okay. Uh, because um, Caroline got a sore throat. Yeah. Uh, um, from the Vegas, you know, it's recycled here. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that never, uh, that, that was never on. And and that that night that that we after we'd done the recording, I thought it was all over. Okay. Because it was, you know, uh, um, you know, we'd gone all the way over to Vegas. Yeah. You know, uh, Caroline was ill. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, so uh, um, I I I just went straight from the show to, to bed uh, okay. uh, and pulled the covers over me and, yeah. and, and thought, that's it, we've, we're, we're finished. Yeah. Um, I got up the next day, I put my suit on, right. which I don't normally do. Okay. I thought, if I'm going to get sacked, I'm going to look good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your purple suit, was it? No, this was, this was a better suit. Mine. Okay, less shiny. Yeah. So one of the things about um, the royal family and... Um, to a degree, Paul, Paul and Pauline Calf. Um, I don't want to sound like the uh, the critic on Paul yeah. and Pauline Calf. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, heading but, in that direction. My legs crossed here, but there, but there is. Um, yeah, that's uh, you know who that is. You see, uh, um, there's a lovely bloke, uh, uh, and he is lovely, and he's a great writer uh, uh, called uh, William Cook. Uh, and Steve and I wanted to write a character called uh, um, uh, as a sort of tribute, really, uh, Bill Cookson. Right, uh, so we we was play, playing around with it, and we were trying to write it cleverer than us. Right now, you, it's funny thing is, you can write people who aren't as clever as you yeah. quite easily. Yeah. But to write somebody that's cleverer than you is right. very difficult. So, he, he, and Steve's a clever bloke, yeah. but but it, it was very difficult to write. So we, we didn't do a lot with that character. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. Um, uh, so anyway. Always a good tip. Always write somebody that's not as clever yeah, yeah, as you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So he, he that, those that it manages to be to do real emotion, I think. Yeah. But without being sentimental. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that's the key to a lot, lot of stuff. That we, and I think, I think you, 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 you do that in your poetry as well. And we were talking about truth earlier. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's quite hard to get right. But it, it, I think it's a working class thing as well. Right. And, and uh, uh, you know... Because um, uh, you've got a sense that those levels. people loved... I, I, I think you've got a sense of the royal family. They did love each other. They didn't need yeah, of to be... Of course they did love each other. But, but you see, you know, if you keep saying I love you to somebody... Yeah. It's very boring. Yeah. Right, you know, if you get a girl and, and the first time you say I love you, that's a big moment. Yeah. But if you said it 20 times in a day, right, uh, you go, 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 get off. Yeah. The way people really say I love you is by what they do. So my dad would make me sandwiches, right? He'd get up at six o'clock in the morning and make me sandwiches, right? He'd never say I love you. Never in, in his life would he say I love you, right? The last words he said before he died to me, were uh, he was in a bed and uh, I was going out the, do- the door. Uh, I didn't know I was going to die here. Uh, um, uh, it was just after his uh, birthday. Uh, he's 90 years old. He said, uh, put your hat on. That means I love you. Right. I always remember, because um, uh, my lad's autistic, uh, um, uh, we wanted to find somebody who was aut- autistic uh, that could speak. Uh, when Johnny was about three years old, so I met. Uh, we went to see this woman called Ros Blackburn. Uh, so she's the woman that Sigourney Weaver uh, worked with and played in my wife's film Snowcake. So this is a woman that we got to know, but at this time uh, we we hadn't seen her before. Yeah. So she was. Uh, um, uh, she didn't speak when she was younger. She's autistic. Uh, she's still autistic now, but she could speak for England. Right. Okay. So, so she she talks for about an hour and a half, uh, um, non-stop, uh, uh, and and she said she can talk to groups, uh, um, as opposed to individuals. But she allowed questions, and I knew I was only going to be able to ask one question because there was a lot of people there. So I asked her the best question I could ask. I said, "Do you love your mum and dad?" Because I, I didn't know anything about. Uh, uh, autism I was wanting to find to, to know and she said they're very useful that lovely they're very yeah. useful yeah. and if you think about it that's the best definition of love yeah to be useful to somebody and I think that's what we had with the royal family right and that's what I think that's what we have with a, a lot of yeah. uh, expressions of love it's people being useful to somebody because they love them yes and did your dad, you know, you, you took some of the lines from your own, yeah, yeah. from your dad. And your did your dad watch it? Yeah, show? yeah, well, uh, it's uh, a fu- uh, funny story, because I, I watched it with my dad and uh, and his second wife, Maureen. Right. Uh, and his second wife, Maureen, uh, you've got to remember, she's probably getting into her uh, late 60s, 70s. Uh, um, she's very slim. Yes. So she'd say, oh, I've still got my schoolgirl figure. And I thought... I'm loving that. Right? It's a great, great life. So I give that to Sue Johnson. Uh-huh. Right? So I'm watching it with me, me dad and uh, uh, and uh, Maureen. And Sue Johnson comes in from the kitchen. She says, oh, I've still got my schoolgirl figure. And Maureen turns to me dad and she says, so have I, Anta Frank. <laughs> great. <laughs> great. So Brilliant. totally misunderstood. Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. 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 But he, he liked it. He liked it and he got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, my dad didn't swear, so any of the swearing stuff really is 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 not my dad. You mentioned Johnny there, yeah, your son who has autism, yeah, um, and also uh, paints. 
and 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 makes some great work that we've yeah. we've, we've looked at around the house today. Yeah. Um, uh, and I thought we could talk about Johnny and his creativity. You can do, and, and Johnny actually helped me back into to poetry. So I I, I was right about it. Then I wrote uh, uh, for. Um, uh, 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 for TV, and then I ran a TV company where we did, uh, you know, Gavin and Stacey and uh, Nabush and uh, Philomena and lots of other things. Uh, um, and and I, I script edited a lot of the shows and, and got involved. Um, but that's a collaborative thing. And, and then uh, I retired about um, uh, three and a half years ago, and uh, I got a bit of time on my hands. And you'll see that chest behind you there yeah it's full of photos okay. and we take photos of uh, of our kids in a way that we never had photos taken of us yeah so i've got hundreds of photos sure so i looked at them and i looked at uh, all the ones of johnny growing up and because uh, he got severe autism um some of them made me cry some of them made me laugh some of them uh, uh made me angry uh, uh and all they are if you think about it it's just an image on a, on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. and and I, uh, I I was I wanted to tell myself why I was affected. So I started writing, and the first poem I wrote was called uh, "Photos of My Son," uh, and uh, I did this, uh, this on Saturday mornings when um, uh, Angela and uh, Johnny go to um, they always go, go to town on Saturday morning. So on Saturday mornings, I sat here where we are now, uh, um, and I'd, I'd, I'd look at photos and I'd write them. And I wrote um, 30 or 40, and, and um, I thought, I, I'll, we're, we're patrons of a charity. I, I'll do a show for the other parents of uh, autistic kids, um, and I'll show the photo. Uh, and I'll, I'll read the read the poem out. So I did this at, um, at the Commedia, and this is where uh, uh, Lemsesay came uh, to to see it. And um, and he went down well. There's a lot of tears and a lot of uh, um, uh, laughter. Uh, you know, with people recognising <coughs> their, their own uh, their own journey. It's really Johnny that got me back into into writing. Right. Uh, uh, um, you know, to, to sort of uh, tell you, people about you, you, you stop you stop writing poetry. I, think, I stopped writing poetry for about twenty years. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, just, it's it, aware of how prolific you've been in this period yeah, it's surprising because, it could, because you... I, I was i was facilitating other people okay. uh, and and building like a war chest for you know when i die yeah for, for angela and, and johnny uh, for them to to be able to live properly uh, and uh, my mind was on that and and it's a very different head yeah from expressing yourself in yeah. you know i mean there's, there's lots of little bits of me flying around in, yeah. in the television uh, uh, programs that we've made but but uh, in in the pure form of poetry, yeah. so, which is why, if you think about it, I've I've written actually seven books since. It, it, it's the all that stuff that's been there for twenty yeah. years has has just has, come out has come out. Um, but partly uh, uh, that was uh, again was because my wife's creative, uh, uh, so she's uh, writing a um, Channel Four uh, show at the moment, which is doing you know uh, six hours entirely herself which which i think is brilliant um and she did the film snowcake which i yeah. I, I think is the best thing we did at uh, baby cow was to do right. snowcake so uh, alan rickman and uh, sigourney weaver uh, do watch it if you if you can and and um and my son uh, um had this journey from the age of seven uh, uh, and continues to do painting and it's uh, because he can't speak uh, um and, and express himself very well it's lovely to see that he's 
eager to paint and what I, I learned so much from from uh, what he does because it's the act of doing it that he right. loves so it, it, it says to me the act of writing the yeah. act of performing the, yeah. the, you know he's not the, thinking about the outcome or not thinking show he, he, or he, he doesn't want any money uh, yeah. if food he'll accept okay <laughs> he doesn't want any money for it it, it, it really doesn't want that much but I mean, we do praise him yeah. but, but he doesn't you know yeah. seek it out yes. and, and once he's done it if we burnt it, I'm not sure as he'd be upset. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, um, he'd, he'd done so many good ones that uh, we were offered um, because he, he goes to a place um, called the Phoenix uh, Art Centre, and, and they liked his work, and they said uh, uh, we, we'd like to give him an exhibition. Um, and then we got involved with the, the the Phoenix, and his exhibition at the Phoenix had more people come to it than any other exhibition they'd ever had. Mm. And, and uh, it, it was yeah. mind blowing. Now, now here's, here's the thing. So he doesn't speak, uh, uh, and um, he gets quite overwhelmed. Yeah. So during uh, the exhibition, obviously to launch it, we put a microphone up, uh, and and I'm uh, uh, trying to flog some uh, books and merchandise yeah. uh, in the foyer, and I can hear Johnny on the microphone. Right. Thinking, well, what's 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 he doing? So I went up to, to Johnny, and there's about uh, 150 people. There's a, there's a photo of this I can show you. About 150 people. And uh, and he's going, hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. And uh, and, and I said, uh, Johnny, all these people have, um, uh, have have come to see your paintings. What what do you think? And he said, uh, is it good? Now, you see, uh, um, it, it, the way his brain works, he, he, he thinks if you ask him, is it good or is it bad? That the answer is, is it good? I see. Right. So he's right. he's got that phrase, is it good for me? Yeah. It's good. Okay. Right. Okay. I see. So because so, you, know, okay. you say to him that, uh, that the food you're eating is, is it good or is it bad? And he'll say, is it good? Okay. Good I see. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So so he said, is it good? And and I said, uh, what would you like to say to these people? And and he said, uh, thank you. Uh, uh, and um, and he turned and a photographer took his picture uh, and. This is my favourite picture. So starting with this picture of me writing him this uh, a poem yeah. to, to, to that picture. Yeah, uh, uh, um, it's funny how all this creativity, yeah. you know, and all these images yeah. uh, um, make your life, yeah. advance your life. So this other world that I was seeking when I was a kid, yeah. I'm getting this other world, not in the way that I thought I was. Right. And and the images and the creativity that that's that's doing it both at work and and at home, yeah. You know, stay stay with you. And um, it's 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 a couple of things on that. So so, so one is I, I, you know I guess any genuine good artist or creator mm. is doing it for the love of it, aren't they? And and, and I think it's when people are doing it for some sort of ulterior motive. Well, I've got to say, when, when I started off, I, I had a misunderstanding when I was uh, in my 20s. I had a misunderstanding of what fame was. So I got this romantic idea of, of the Marx Brothers and, and, and the, the comradeship of it all, and, yeah. and that's what appealed to me. Yeah. But this idea that, that of, of being famous... And then what I realised when I'd done Packet of Three was you don't want to be famous for being somebody you're not. You only right. want to be famous for being what you are because that's true fame yeah when you can be exactly who you are and, and people know you for that 
So that, so I, I, I now go on uh, stage and, and do shows. Uh, I very often, uh, I'll go and shake people's hands before I go on the stage. And and, and I'll, I'll, I'll not, like, go backstage and then I'll come out and there'll be a, a smoke yeah. and dry ice and, and lasers and everything. You know, I, I'll basically go on the stage, have a cup of tea and talk to people so that they, it's me yeah. that, that I'm, I'm communicating. Yes. It's not some version of me that yeah. I, I think you expect yeah yeah absolutely and what what one has a sense of that you know it's uh, yeah. and yeah. I think that's a great thing with Johnny um whether you look at his painting or not that's the painting that Johnny wanted to do and uh, I was talking to you earlier about uh, uh, some of the, the the ways that he sees the world that that I I could I I've always always loved uh, when you're looking at somebody else's creativity and they would do something that you wouldn't do. So the, so the world becomes bigger than yeah. your imagination. Yeah. So when Johnny uh, paints a, um, a swimming pool black, and I would never paint a swimming pool black, then the, the, the world's expanded. Yeah. Now, I, and now there's a world where living uh, swimming yeah. pools can, can be black. And yeah. when he paints pink stars on a, on a blue sky, yeah. I would never do that. Yeah. But now... I've seen that, yeah. and and uh, and my world's bigger. So whenever I used to uh, uh, make television programs, and, yeah. and somebody bring me a script, and I'd look at it and think, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. That the, the, that's that's where we're putting something into the world, putting some beauty into the world, yeah. and we're putting some uh, originality into the world, even though there's uh, what you know, eleven billion or how many uh, of us there are at the moment uh, on the planet. There's something original, new. Uh, um, some new thought process going on um, that's exciting and and the world's bigger because if the world was just what I thought the world was when I was 14 that's not that's not enough yeah so the 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 world's expanding all the time with thought and imagination and everything so it's it's quite an exciting place yes yeah yeah I was listening to um, your uh one of your radio programs um, I've been looking through my notes to try and find the quote but I don't think I wrote it down but I think you said something like this poem is for, is for everyone in particular that's or, right yes. yes yeah which I thought was lovely and it seemed to me to yeah. be very um, sort of get to the heart of a lot of what the way you write that, which, which well, is a recognition of the things that make us the, the beautiful differences between us I'll tell you what it is you see pe- people have got this weird idea about poetry uh, they hear the word poetry and they think it's one thing and they think uh, you would never do this for me. You, you would never say for music. You would never say, uh, "Oh, I don't like music." Yeah. So when you say I don't like poetry, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, like you say, you don't like every poet. Yeah. You don't like uh, a poet that's done forty years' work. You don't like any of the forty years' work, and so maybe he's had twenty books. You don't like one poem within any of the twenty books that he's done. Mm. I, 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 the, it's, we, we talk about it in a, a different way. Mm. So, so when I'm doing a poem, I'm aware that there's people out there with this idea of, I don't care what you're going to say. If you're yeah. saying it in a poem, yeah. it doesn't relate to me. Yeah. And if you're talking about love, or you're talking yeah. about beauty, you're talking about uh, all these um, uh, abstract uh, aspirations, um, I'm more practical than that. Then I know that to get through to them, I've got to make it particular to them mm. and so that's by that line that mm. I'm thinking I'm, I don't want to do the poem 
just for the poetry group. Yeah. They've got enough fucking poems, right? Yeah. I want to do the poem for the person who's never yeah. considered, uh, 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 you know, yeah. reading a poem or listening to a poem. So communication from yeah. me to you it's yeah. nobody else. It's not like uh, on on uh, uh, Philomena. It's not two hundred people. Yeah. It's not uh, uh, you know a costume person pulling it this way and a yeah. uh, um, you know a, yeah. a, a director pulling it that way. It's me and what I want to communicate, and I'm communicating it to to, to you with no filter, as mm. honestly as I can. If you don't do that right, or the only person that you're disappointing is yourself so i have to with my poetry i have to think if i'm going to communicate this and i'm going to put it down i'm going to put it in a book and everything it's it's got to be it's not going to, i'm not going to be famous for being the person i'm not mm -hmm. that poem represents what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. and it's got to connect with you in a way that says if you like that you like the communication I've 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 done mm. the 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 best job and because there's no money in it. It's not about money. Yeah. It's purely about uh, a communication. I, so I love that to bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what's interesting? I've not. You're going on tour soon, and I'm yeah. going to come and see you in Bristol. Uh, but listening to the radio programs, which yeah. I imagine are quite like your live shows. Yeah. What what's great, I think, about them is that they. They, 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 they're really funny. So they, they could almost work as sort of stand-up on yeah. their own. But then you have this sort of... The, the, you've got yeah. this like punch but, of the poetry. But you know what? A lot of people that are in comedy after a bit, uh, what happens is that um, there's obviously an urge to be funny, that you have an urge. But I think that gets sated uh, uh, in the same way as any, uh, any appetite gets uh, sated. Yeah. Um, and what you're left with is that um, comedy... Uh, is very good to help put over a message. It's very good to help uh, um, communication. And it's a little bit like salt and pepper. You wouldn't eat salt and pepper on their own. But you put them on food, and right. it makes the food taste better. So if yeah. I want to tell you about uh, um, relationships, and I salt and pepper it with, uh, with uh, comedy, I can tell you, you you'll, you'll enjoy it more, what, what I'm talking about. At its base, I read um, Freud's jokes in their relation to the unconscious when I was in my teens, uh, and and uh, uh, in essence, I'm I'm boiling down uh, a German uh, uh, three hundred pages here to to uh, a couple of lines. It talks about the idea that we laugh because we're tricked, uh, um, that we think in one thing and then we realise uh, uh, that. Uh, something else uh, is happening there's uh, an unforeseen consequence as he puts it uh, and um, and we laugh at our own imperfection okay so I think comedy is very good for this idea of as coming to terms with our own imperfection so it's quite a beautiful thing in a yeah. way and so uh, comedians obviously very imperfect uh, and when, once you've done that a few thousand times, yeah. you, 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 you've come to terms with your own imperfection, and I certain, certainly have. Uh, um, uh, so what you're doing is you're using that to help others come to terms with uh, imperfection. And, yeah. and uh, you know, in a way, it's, it's a bit like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, reading, reading um, 
reading Strikingly Invisible, which uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, which I've been doing uh, over the last couple of weeks since it arrived. That, that clearly, you're, you're in quite a few of those poems, yeah. you are contemplating the fact that your days are finite. As well, all Strikingly Invisible are. is, is, is uh, another term for getting old. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, he works in lots of lots of ways, but uh, that was why I called it that. So, uh, yeah, I'm 63 now. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know, my body, uh, you know, is not what it was. You know, uh, um, in ways that nobody tells you about. You know, so your you, you lack of muscle, you 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 get, to, you know, and you, the the way you you, you um, uh, uh, the uh, weight is distributed around your body in, in in ways that you never thought it was, and 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 uh, so so you your self identity uh, changes, and of course you become invisible to people because you're old, so you're not young and vital mm. and um, got something mm. new to say. Although uh, you know, I, I'd question that. I, th- I think uh, as long as you're curious, I think curious curiosity is is the key to uh, invention and key to creativity uh, and so what, what I do with the radio shows is I, I pick a different subject uh, for each show so creativity was one of them and uh, love and, and family and uh, the, the latest one that's on uh, the end of March is uh, the universe but what I do is I, I think to myself right I don't want to do the universe that Brian Cox has done or mm. anybody else has done what what does the universe mean to me? Yeah. What do I know about it? Right. What what uh, effect does it have on me? Yeah. And so what I do is I ask all the questions. You know, yeah. how big is it? Uh, um, uh, you know, what do we know about it? What don't we know about it? What's it made of? And then, and, and I ask, and I go on Twitter and and I, and I take the bits that make sense to me, and then I make a joke out of them uh, very often, uh, and I put some into into poetry, and I try within that half an hour to give you a sense of what I've learnt about investigating the universe in the same way as I do what I've learnt about investigating the area of creativity. Uh, um, and so that's my way of staying curious. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, I pick a subject that we all think we know everything about. We, we don't. Mm. No, none of these subjects we, 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 we know the, the, the full extent about. And, you know, obviously even, even after, I, I, I don't know. I know what, in, in Rumsfeld's terms, I know what I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know knows. what I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean? uh, So, so um, I find uh, I find that a great way of stretching myself because otherwise you write the same poems. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's, it's a lovely having just a centre of gravity, and yeah. then, then and and uh, have you is is there is there something that you've yet to achieve creatively that that, that you would like to? Um, well. I'd like to reach more people. Uh, right. I, see, I I I love uh, the people like Burns. Who, uh, if you think about what Burns wrote, uh, it was very popular, um, but it seemed very true to himself, and that, uh, um, and yet has been uh, adopted. And, and in a way, I don't know Burns uh, as a person. I don't know him as a man, but I know his work. Mm-hmm. And there's something quite nice about that same same with Shakespeare uh, um, we don't we don't really know the man and there's all sorts of rumours about him yeah. but we know the work yes. so for me the, the old thing is I would like to write at least one poem that that becomes uh, you know that lasts and becomes more popular in, in some way and, and that's then who you are and yeah. you sort of in a way if you think about it you're cheating death that way 
Yeah. Right. Uh, um, I mean, uh, Shakespeare didn't have any grandkids. Uh, uh, and, uh, well, they all died. Uh, and so, it, so th there's, there's no DNA from Shakespeare around today. So in terms of Darwin evolution, Shakespeare's dead. But he's not, though, is he? Yeah. So to me, like with the television programmes, it's all about trying to make the work the best you can and, and a thing of beauty. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, uh, and I'm very pleased with my new book because it, it, it looks like a thing of beauty. Yeah. You know, and obviously I, I'm hoping some of the poems inside have, have some connection with people and that that connection, you know, um, well, outlives me would be great, if, yeah. if only for a day. <laughs> yes. And you said, um, I, on one of your programmes, you said uh, all art is essentially a, a self-portrait, which... It is, yeah. Which, which, yeah. Which well, it's a self-expression. It's, it's like with Johnny. Uh, um, I showed you earlier that uh, um, Johnny has, has various things that he does. So he does figures and he does hills and trees and he does uh, uh, the view from the villa. Uh, uh, and in each of his... But I could show you 20 paintings and say these are all hills and trees and you wouldn't know they're all hills and trees because they're all is expression of hills and trees on a particular day mm -hmm. and and uh, um, I, I love the fact that, that they're, they're not the same because that means his internal landscape is changing and, uh, and uh, is more interesting. And a, f a final question uh, for you, Henry. Uh, why, why, why do you think we as human beings, of all creatures, have this urge to make stuff? It's very... I, I, I think there's... The way I think about things, there's two general expressions, uh, which is creation and destruction. Uh, um, and there's sort of, uh, uh, you know, so it sounds a little bit Star Wars, you don't I'm going. But, but there's this, the, 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 the universe works in sort of breaking things down and putting things up. So uh, both are an act of creation in, in, a, in, a, in a sense. Um, and I, I think we, we want to make the world bigger. We want to make the world different. We want to make the world better in some way. And, and, uh, um, and the, the, you know, the, the idea of um, finding something th that uh, you didn't know a moment ago and now you do know and the world has changed and become a better place. It's lovely to think about the possibility of what's going to happen tomorrow. And without that, oh, it'd be a bit boring. It would indeed. It would indeed. That's um, that's a lovely place to finish. Right. I think. Thank you very much Cheers. indeed for that. That was uh, that was fantastic. Great. Well, you're going to cut that down to about five minutes. Uh, yeah, I'll have <laughs> my work cut out there. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks Cheers. very much, Henry. Needless to say, I didn't cut it down to five minutes. And if you're still here, I guess you enjoyed our conversation too. You can find out more about Henry and his work at henrynormal.com. His radio shows are available on BBC Sounds and Henry will be touring again once we are through the great confinement. If you did enjoy our chat, please leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast and um, it offers some balm to my troubled and insecure soul. Thanks very much for listening. Until next time.
goodbye.